Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, Every single day, if it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us. It's such a big deal that we are willing to stay up until the wee hours of the morning to troubleshoot a, a maddening, inexplicable uh, computer issue that has baffled me uh, and frustrated me, but we somehow have rigged together some way <laughs> I, to record. I would. I don't know if I really would like it, but I think people would be entertained by video like feeds of you and I on each end of this, uh, trying to make this. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> trying to make you really going to give me more editing work at this hour sorry. that you really going to do that to me? Trying to make this work. It uh... especially with the partnership, we're trying to make that work, and then we're trying to, you know, it's like how much more stuff, how much, how much more bandwidth do I have? <laughs> I'm sorry. I uh, yeah, this is I've never seen anything quite like that. We it's uh, it's almost 1 a.m. We've been trying for a good long while now to uh, have Kyle be able to hear me. Um, so, all the way from Lexington to Louisville, I've been shouting into my tin can. Yeah, the louder you shout, the more likely it is to work. That's kind of the way these things uh, the way these things go. Um, but we made it. We we here we are. We figured so, it out. We did. So so here we know, are, folks. If we sound a little uh, beleaguered. We are, but uh, but we're ready. To, but we're ready. We are ready to talk Kentucky football, basketball, uh, basketball, basketball, yeah, and uh, everybody's favorite, Bill Self. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, what order you want to uh, go in here? I mean, I guess we should uh, talk the news of the day and uh, in the foosball. Uh, and that is, uh, well, it's not really the news of the day now. It's, uh, I guess, a little bit old news, but we haven't talked about it yet because we uh, we posted our NBA podcast recorded live in my basement over the weekend. So um, since last we visited with you uh, in a more real-time fashion, Kentucky has gotten some pretty good news on its quarterback situation. Sawyer Smith, who was banged up a little bit in that last game, I guess in the last couple games, wrist and I think shoulder issues Mark Stoops kind of initially expressed some uh some concern about his availability for Saturday at South Carolina but it sounds like he's been back at practice he's a little bit I think Eddie Grand said after Tuesday's practice he was sore as was to be expected but that it was good to have him back out there and throwing it sounds like they they do plan on having him available but it does underscore (laughs) a pretty Uh. Tenuous situation. Does it make you feel better? Because it doesn't really make me feel much better. I mean, did did his shoulders like come dislocated? Is that kind of what I heard? That he was tackled onto his shoulder, and that's what I happened? guess. Yeah, I guess he banged up banged up that shoulder. Um, I don't know the uh, if we have the official diagnosis, but the um, you know, I, I I mean, he's their best option. So yeah, I guess you have to feel better that he's going to be on the field. As opposed to the like third option, the total emergency option, which I guess is Walker Wood, um, who hasn't really taken any meaningful snaps at all in years uh, <laughs> since he was playing high school yeah. football down the road at Lafayette. He's been through a bunch of injuries. I don't. It very much remains to be seen if he's even capable of much in the way of the forward pass anymore. 
was a terrific athlete. I mean, he, he's a, a little bit a little guy, but he can didn't, scramble around and stuff like that. I don't remember what his high school ranking was, but didn't Johnny Manziel come in in like a substitution kind of a situation, and he was just a phenomenon? Wasn't it something like that? Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I really don't remember exactly how Johnny Manziel came into the world. Well, I, I don't know. I don't how think he came that, into I, the world. I have some guesses the, about that. Yeah, I don't know how he came into the world, but uh, I mean, he was he was a star right away. I don't. I don't know. I don't re- recall if it was injury that pressed him into it, but he also hadn't been through a bunch of surgeries himself as Walker Wood had. He was you a three star yeah. quarterback coming out of high school. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was. It was a lot about the sort of undersized thing. Johnny was a little guy, and uh, that's the guy. Johnny Manziel, in terms of style of play, when Walker was coming out of high school, is what uh, Kentucky's quarterback coach Darren Henshaw kind of compared him to. But I, I think I think to expect anything like that, and if well, he no, were pressed yeah. into pressed well, into no, action my, at this point, my my ultimate point from that was there's something that, and I I think we've discussed this a little bit on this show before, is that there is this intangible that you can't really predict all the time in sports, and that's the gamer gene. Like you never yeah. know, and not talking about video games, but uh, we're talking about just the fact that some dudes, when the lights come on, just have a different different gear that they can go to and it doesn't necessarily show up and uh, uh on the practice field like um a good example of that is uh steven johnson apparently you know looked really average but he yeah. just had such a gamer gene that he was so tough and so strong-willed and unrattled by environments that uh he could come in so i guess i'm not saying that walker wood would have that but uh you never know yeah yeah and then and then that you know if we are to assume maybe he's not ready <laughs> for that, uh, or you know they get even deeper down the uh, depth chart, I think you almost have to assume they're going to go with Lynn Bowden. You know, who played high, you know, who played uh, quarterback in high school and threw one very beautiful uh, ball <laughs> at Mississippi State. The one he just yeah. threw straight into the dirt. Yeah, yeah, he did throw a nice pass uh, two games ago, three games ago, I guess, to Terry Wilson before Terry Wilson got hurt. Um, you know what that pass reminded me of? This is no. a this is a late at night story, real quick. I'll, I swear I'll tell it really fast. Uh, one time, my older sister, we had a we had a swing at my yard, and uh, we, we would take turns winding it up. And, uh, you know, like someone would sit on there and wind and we'd wind it up as much as we could. And you sat there as it unwound itself. And I mean, you would get unbelievably dizzy. Well, one time I did that and, uh, I tried to take a step and I just went face first into the dirt and like, uh, my tooth went through my lip. That's oh my what, God. That's what that pass was like. Just oh. face first into the dirt. No chance. Uh, you guys are welcome for that story. It's it's one in the morning. Anyway, continue. I feel I feel better now having having heard it. Um, Just wanted to here, let here, that out. Yeah. Here here are Lynn Bowden's career passing stats. He's four of seven at Kentucky for 124 yards, no touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, so, uh, you know, but uh, he also hasn't really gotten a ton of reps in that situation. I, if they if it came down to it and they had to prepare him for that and I assume now they probably are preparing him a little more. Um it'd be interesting to see what he could do. I mean Randall Cobb basically got pushed into that situation a little bit um a few years ago and was a viable option for them as a wide receiver 
playing some quarterback. Um, I just don't think Bowden's a dynamic enough passer. I think like whenever they get in those situations where he throws a deep ball on a decoy play and and somebody's open, you know, he can throw a pretty ball uh, in space to somebody. But it feels like whenever he's having to make like primary, secondary, tertiary type reads and make a quick decision and throw an accurate ball. Well, I think I if, if you get down, do I think I think if you get down to the Lynn Bowden running the offense, it's going to be an, a combination of him and just direct snaps to the running back, and you're going to be eighty percent run, right? You know, anyway. It, so, yeah, I mean, so. th- that this is a this is a uh, break glass in case of emergency situation. I don't think, but it limits you, know, you as one. Oh as yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, if they if Lynn Bowden ends up as the quarterback at some point this season for any duration, their season is shot. Yeah. I mean, I I think we can probably assume that. I mean, not maybe not completely shot. There's still plenty of uh, you know two foot putts on the schedule, but uh, any big dreams would be down the drain. I don't think. Amani Gilmore, the the big kid, the big armed uh, freshman that they signed out of Louisiana, very I think very promising uh, future quarterback for them. It doesn't seem like they think he's ready. I don't think it would have been reasonable to think he'd be ready as a true freshman. Um, so, really, to me, I guess what I'm this is all a long way for us to say. Kentucky's hope kind of hinges on Sawyer Smith, you know, for better or worse. Uh, they need him to get healthy. They need him to play better. I thought it was interesting reading some some of the various people's coverages of uh, practice Tuesday. Uh, Eddie Grand kind of taking some responsibility, saying he put Sawyer Smith in some bad situations. I mean, we already talked about it. it may not have been ideal to have him throw it forty sometimes. That can be one um, of those coach head head fake moves too, where the Cal does that all the time, where he he yeah. takes the takes the bullet just so that the kid can get a little mental space and relax be like maybe he's right maybe I'm okay yeah yeah, yeah. well I mean there I think there's some of that probably but also some some reality of like they hadn't been together that long feels true um, feels like it could be true yeah but yeah. yeah I think you just lean on your running backs a little more until you know he's comfortable so yeah. anyway that's that's your that's your Sawyer Smith update <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh we talk a little basketball we'll take a break and uh, and talk some basketball had a a long piece come out on the athletic and we got a kind of a, a good inside look at some of the guys in the roster. Yep. Let's take a break. So Kyle, you wrote uh, a little profile about uh, Tyrese Maxey uh, and Ashton Hagens. Um, give it, give us a little idea what you, what you put in there. Yeah, it was, it's really more just a, you know, I sat down with both those guys for some other stories I'm working on about them individually. Um, but um, while I had them one on one last week, I, I wanted to kind of pick their brains about what what guys on the roster look like, and uh, I thought some of their answers were really interesting. To me, probably the one that a couple that jump really jump out at me. And they were really in agreement on pretty much all these assessments of, of their teammates. Um, Tyrese Maxey said he calls Johnny Juzang uh, mini Clay Thompson. So that's encouraging. Doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> Baby yeah. Clay seems like yeah, a better. Yeah, Baby Clay, Clay Jr., uh, you know, mini. He's not, and for one, I think he's probably, is he bigger than Clay Thompson? They're about the same size. I think um, Clay's about 6'7. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, uh, but that you know, in terms, his point is he's a he's a bucket getter, a shot maker, right? Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting too. He said that he never seen anybody like Johnny be able to sort of he catches the ball in weird spots uh, and always gets the ball back to his shot pocket in a in a it ends up in a good shooting form even if he you know starts out in a weird you know funky position. Um, That's very clay. That's the thing yeah. that Clay is a master of. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a, you know, that's an important skill because it's not always going to be perfect, you know? Totally. Um, we, we've mentioned a few times, Cal Perry said it, some other people have said it, that like from what they've seen, this dude legitimately can shoot and they are very thankful for that because they, they need to at least know there's one guy they can believe in uh, to make shots. And then the other thing was that uh, uh, Ashton Hagen's, I asked him who was kind of the bounciest guy on this team, and he said that uh, Keon Brooks and Khalil Whitney have basically horse games with dunks pretty much every day, and that <laughs> Brooks wins most of those. Really? Uh, yeah, and he, he predicted that uh, Keon Brooks is going to be the guy to put a lot of people on posters this season. So that maybe surprised me a little bit. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of, of Brooks's game, but I I would not have maybe guessed that he's the – the slam dunk champion of the team. I mean, Khalil Whitney was in the McDonald's all American dunk contest and did some crazy stuff. So they're, they're sim They're kind of similar athletes. I mean, size wise, just really Brooks Brooks has this sort of reckless abandon, like just throws his weight around, throws those limbs around the <laughs> type of yeah. type of just, he's a hurricane of limbs from, from what I've watched of him at uh, La Lumiere. He was on a really good high school team. Um, sort of, Kind of, they they're in that that positional range of like that Poitras kind of occupied a little bit similar like that. It kind of right. got me thinking. I was like, who do you think the best in game? Just real quick, who do you think the best in game dunker at UK is that you've seen? Oh boy, I mean the best in game. Well, I was about to say the best in game dunk I've ever seen was James Young in the national championship game, but Willie Cauley Stein's got a couple different ones. The Florida I, one, yeah. That, I, I guess it's got to be Willie, just because Willie had so many dudes that he posterized. Uh, Florida, he dunked the guy completely out of the game in the Cincinnati NCAA tournament game. He killed that Cincinnati uh, guy. That was like, yeah. He, I mean, like it was so funny. He after the game in the locker room, Willie's like, "I dunked him out of the game. He didn't come back in the game." <laughs> <laughs> he was he was like so uh, pleased with himself. Yeah, uh, Kalina would have to be up there. I would say. Um, Kalina had some really nasty. Yeah, I was ones. not around for that, but uh, uh, yes, you were. And then uh, I would say Poitras would be way up there. I don't know if you were you you were following you were covering the team when they I played covered his whole career. Yeah, when they played Duke in Atlanta, that that one handed tip dunk <laughs> he that was, he had over when the he whole... was like a top five pick for 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 like. A, 10 days yeah, and, in some people's minds. And Chad Ford said that one of his strengths was motor. Yeah. I was yeah. like, well, who is watching Kentucky? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, w- I would put him up there. John Wall, obviously really good. Anyway, I didn't want to get off on that, but I'm trying, uh, to, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, the guy who attempted the most audacious dunks probably was in, in my time covering them was Hami. And he just like, <laughs> incredibly could not ever make them and led to my theory well someone else's theory that i'm friends with that i posited that he couldn't palm a basketball and really offended him every time i asked him that 
Uh, I think it's pretty clear that he couldn't. He's got small hands. Yeah, yeah if you were watching slow mo, you know, the ball moved around a lot. Like, but then he went and won the NBA dunk contest. Yeah, but go figure. <laughs> we we talked about this. Every every dunk that he did involved him like throwing it off the backboard right. or bouncing Lobs it to or, himself, yeah. basically. Anyway, um, yeah, Malik Monk had a couple nasty ones. He did. Malik Malik Monk in high school was a a just ridiculous dunker. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, the the guards talking talking about the guards. Um, you know, it's. Again, it's the same kind of deal that we talked about before. The relationship between those two, I think, is going to be one of the real one of the real stories of the season. Hagen's and Maxi, if they if they're just thick as thieves, you know, and have and don't have like a any kind of a struggle for whose team it is. Um, yes, that'll be the thing. Like, do they do they have that struggle? Because I do think Calipari at some point wants to see Tyrese Maxi take charge of the team. And I think Hagen's is is has the personality to be okay with that. Um, you know, it may be a deal where you know Ashton, you you set the tone for us defensively, and Tyrese, you uh, you sort of be the the offensive heartbeat of the team. Sort of. It may it may be a thing they can share, but uh, but I I certainly have an eye on that. So, sort of similar to the uh, Liggins Brandon Knight t- situation, where you know Maxi, yeah. uh, you know what I mean. So yeah, well, I mean he, there was a stretch where he was sort of the, he was sort of their heartbeat last season, um, just by you know some of the some of it is just like almost in the way that a dunk, a crazy dunk in transition seems to like uh, energize a team, a crowd, a team. Um, maybe turn the tide of a game. Sometimes I think you know Hagen's makes some defensive plays that that have that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in part too, because he just it, it, when he's really on, he kind of breaks the will of the guy he's <laughs> he's locking up. And that that you know as much as as much as what it does for Kentucky, I think what it does to the other side in their body language and you know their primary ball handlers. Uh, sort of appearance uh, when he gives up the ghost to to Ashton Hagens, and that happened a few times last year. I think is is invaluable. I mean, he he Kobe White was just completely uh, <laughs> Rattled, flustered, yeah. you know, by the and he was incredible most of the year. But against Kentucky, he was just a, a shell of himself. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, I think whenever you, I think that even though this Kentucky team's not going to be, you know big like we've talked about they're not uh they're they're a little bit of an odd kind of crew of guards and and forwards but really and then and then a couple uh you know it's it's just going to be an, an a sort of an odd collection of guys uh based on what cal's had before but I, I still think this could be like a big deflections team because there's a lot of length there's a lot of wingspan even at the position so um you know and when, whenever you have a team that gets a lot of deflections that can add that extra moment of uncertainty for the offense, uh, which is a huge advantage, you know, for the, for the defense. Uh, it, cause that it, it helps you in rotations. It just buys you time basically. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's exactly right. The other, uh, the other thing we were going to, uh, wanted to cover <laughs> with the basketball team, not related to my piece, sort of related to, to it, I guess, uh, in that both Ashton Hagens and, uh, Tyrese Maxey, mentioned how valuable Nate already is and will be Nate Sestina, uh, the grad transfer from Bucknell 
in the way he talks. Um, and and I think Hagen said he'd not had a teammate who uh, was so um, who did talk so much and was so encouraging and uplifting. And he said they they would you know finish a grueling workout and everybody's like passed out on the you know not passed out but laid out in the on the, the ground and and Sestina's the first one popped up to to pick them all up and encourage them to keep going. Um, it's just experience, man. That's yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, the pictures came out today related to that, uh, of Nate Sestina's body transformation. And that's <laughs> just, that's just in the summer. I mean, I think he got here in June. Um, and so it's only been, you know, what, less than three months. Uh, and it's, it's pretty staggering. I mean, he's, he was not in like, He's certainly in better shape in his before picture than I am today. <laughs> but, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> by far than most people. I was going to say I it's mean, close. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It's. I mean, you could you could almost not tell tell us apart uh, in the before photos. <laughs> uh, like I could work out for two months, and my after photo would still be horrible next to that. But then the the his after photo in just this short time here with the strength staff at Kentucky. I mean, he's completely shredded up. He looks uh, he looks like a dude who put in a lot of work uh, in the summer, and it's I mean it's it's one of the more dramatic kind of before and afters. They Kentucky posts these pictures every year um, of guys in the summer, but Nate has one of the more dramatic ones. So that too just tells you older guy down to his last opportunity. You know, I think he's pretty realistic about whether or not he's an NBA player, but I think he does have hope that coming to Kentucky can make him a pro player somewhere. Um, and so he's kind of about his business, and it looks looks like he was certainly about his business in the weight room. Um, and and hearing the freshman and sophomore guys talk about just sort of how different he is from a mentality standpoint, I think that's going to pay off. Whether he's a great player for Kentucky or not, I think just kind of his presence is really going to. Um, be big for them this year. I think you're right. Let's take one more break and then we'll wrap up talking about uh, some some naughty business going on over in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> well, Kyle. Bill Self is naughty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to delete that. No, we don't. <laughs> All right, I'm Kyle. I'm so tired. <laughs> Tell me. You can go to sleep after you tell me about Bill Self's naughty business. Um, well, I mean, what, it, Kansas, what, what, do you, what do you what do you make of it? Kansas uh, of has this? been in and out of the news for. I mean, how long has this been going on? Where they yeah, they've, they've had stuff going on since Josh Jackson. I feel like like he was yeah like Bill, I mean Billy Billy Preston crashed his you know allegedly uh, free yeah. car and it was you know? so I mean, suspicious that they were know, like crashed, oh god he crashed his sports car like on the eve i think it was like on the eve of Midnight or the Madness. night of no no oh. no of of the champions classic Is like that right? as they're like in this event with kentucky they might have even i can't remember if they were playing kentucky oh. in that year uh event or not it wasn't this past one was it well the that year, would year that before. would have been the the kevin knox team when kansas yeah. played kentucky last uh yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's <laughs> they have been. This has kind of been coming. Or you in in a world where you would expect the governing body to crack down on things like this. This you would have expected this to be coming. But I think people were because there were a lot of you know there was testimony in federal court. 
uh, in the FBI, FBI wiretapping deal and the, the Adidas alleged Adidas bagman, um, you know, testifying that he had kind of brokered some of these deals. And there was a lot of Kansas involved in that stuff that was becoming public record through the through the scandal. Um, and Bill Self's name was attached to it. And, you know, specific recruits, Billy Preston, D'Souza, who had to sit out, you know, had to serve that long suspension is finally uh, back for Kansas. So you would have thought with all these pieces coming out, of course they're going to get hammered. But then when you think about what the NCAA has done and how inconsistent they've been and really kind of toothless in many cases, you know, allow North Carolina to get away with institutional academic, systemic academic fraud, um, you go, well, they're probably not going to drop the hammer on a blue blood. Um, but well, college basketball is already on thin ice as it is. So if they do, you know, it's like if they do something to, and there's a lot of things at work, you know, the players, they, they have, they have so many problems. I, I can't imagine working in the NCAA office. You're oh, under constant scrutiny from the public. Your, your worker base, basically your players are, are more increasingly, Seeing On less the cusp value, of revolt. yeah, <laughs> and you have you have institutions that know that they can cheat and get away with it. Uh, it's, yes, it's such a man. It is just such a mess. I mean, Will Wade is a working coach in college basketball. That's caught, all you need to know. Caught about on the tape, state of things. I'm talking about strong ass offers uh, for a recruit by name. I mean, it's uh, I don't know. Uh, so. I yeah you know, I can certainly understand I can certainly understand skepticism about whether or not the NCAA would bring the heat on Kansas, but they did uh, at least in the uh, charging phase. Now, what will they do in the punishment phase? That's that'll be the real test. But it is notable that they hit Kansas with three uh, level one violations. Those are the most severe. Uh, there's a lack of institutional control for the university, which is which big. Um, that's the uh, big charge, right? That's well, the and then the bill you. and the, and the fact, yeah, but then also the fact that the bill self specifically was named for his, uh, role in that. Um, you know what I had, if, you know what I had somebody tell me one time that? a while back, this is someone in the NBA circles that is not a college basketball person, which makes me think that it might be true. Uh, for a long time, there's been talk that like bill self, there's like a, a wink and a, a handshake deal that Bill Self's like the next Spurs coach. Have you heard that? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I think he's been tied to the Spurs. I think the Bulls. Uh, I think several. But yeah, I mean, uh, there. That's like a, I don't know if you. It's an urban legend. Uh, you know, something that somebody kind of cooked up and it just started spreading around around uh, NBA circles that like, oh, Bill Self maybe the kind of. The, the man in waiting there. Um, well, my, but the person that told me that is lives in San Antonio and like knows that's what made me think that it maybe wasn't. But anyway, it could, it could be, you could be right. It could be that. I mean, I, I certainly think it's like the, the most logical escape hatch for, for self. If he feels the heat coming, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's not going to be out of basketball, even if the no, NCAA tells him this. to get lost, you know, if, if he gets a show cause, which that's, that's the, you know, the potential there is he could be, he could get a show cause. He could be suspended. Um, even, you know, he could be suspended for an entire season, uh, you know, and if he gets a show cause, certainly the 
Kansas would be within its rights to fire him, I would I would guess, and not have to pay him. So there's a lot at stake for him, uh, which is why, and a lot at stake for Kansas. When you know where they invented basketball, they they are as blue a blood as you get. Um, they came back. The interesting, the most interesting thing is really how hard they came back at those allegations. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The same, the same night, like basically, they cash Bill Daniel'd Self, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Bill Self saying, uh, it's funny though because I, I pointed out on Twitter his big long statement about you know there's only one truth and the truth is, is means verifiable facts. There's nowhere in there where he says like we didn't do this absolutely unequivocally. We we didn't cheat to get anybody. He basically says, you can't prove it, and <laughs> we're going to make you. It very um, much reminded me of the uh, the Pete Bell, if I allege that you sleep with sheep, you have to, you have to prove. <laughs> yeah, all right. You, <laughs> you have to prove a negative. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a, it was a little ludicrous, but um, it does tell us that they're going to – they are instead of going the Louisville route and some other – uh, you know the route that some other schools have taken of saying we're going to cooperate, whatever you need, and then getting hammered uh, by the NCAA. They're taking the North Carolina route, which is obfuscate, uh, fight it, lawyer up, spend whatever it takes, however long it takes, and they could drag this out forever, um, and then ultimately get nothing. Uh, that's the hope. That's their hope that you know to follow the the North Carolina playbook. And I, I thought that was probably the big takeaway from what happened with North Carolina. And I understand there's the semantic argument about, well, it was a university issue and it wasn't just athletes. And so that made it an issue, you know, outside the NCAA's purview. I find that total baloney. Ugh. I think, I think what we take away from what North Carolina did, just pushing back and fighting it tooth and nail was that that is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this idea that the NCAA has uh, put forth that if you're, you know, it's like your parents, you know, like if, if you do bad and then you lie about it, it makes it worse. I mean, that's how the world, you think it works. We talked about that with Cash Daniel, yeah, but, with NCAA, but, with, but with the NCAA, they have not made that, they have not uh, fulfilled that uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, centuries old tenant (laughs) because a lot of the schools that have said okay uh, we've taken a hard look at ourselves here's what we've done how can we cooperate Uh, we're very sorry we'll self-impose XYZ penalty the NCAA says thank you for being so helpful and forthcoming and here's the hammer Um, and then the teams the schools that fight them uh, seem to fare better so Kansas is going the fighting route, and I am very curious to see when it comes down to actual punishment, if there is any, how severe it is, and you know, is this the end of Bill Self in Kansas? But interesting that what through are we two or three years since the announcement of that FBI investigation and where they said so we're going to clean up the game? I guess is it two full years? I now? don't even remember. It's but uh... all this time later. Would you have guessed the day that that would most people, I, I should say, have guessed the day that all popped that there was this far-reaching investigation into college basketball corruption that caught coaches on wiretaps and had people dead to rights? Would you have guessed that Bill Self would be the the first guy to go down specifically for that? I mean, Patino, you could say, did in some ways, but 
would you have guessed that Bill Self would be the first guy to get handed uh, uh, basically uh, um, a murder charge by the NCAA? I, I don't think I would have. No, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys I probably would have picked before him, but that's that's all we got for today. We're we're well well over time here, so uh, we'll we'll come back at you. We'll keep you up to date and abreast on uh, on this issue and many more. And uh, we're going to do some more previewing of of Kentucky basketball and try to get you ready for the South Carolina game coming up. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jkyleman, follow Kyle at, at kyletucker underscore A-T-H. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to The Dime Drop. I got something coming out tomorrow. We will talk to you later, folks. See ya. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.